You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to the Voluntary Vixens. I'm obviously not a voluntary vixen. I'm Etienne de la Buissy squared, but since it is mansplaining March with the Voluntary Vixens, I'm here to mansplain it to you. And joining me today are the Vixens themselves, Maddie and Jesse. You ladies want to say hi? Say hi! <laughs> Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello, male figure. <laughs> Oh man, that was good. I appreciated that. I love a good takeover. Jesse, this is such a fun month. <laughs> and I was right. happy to help because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to participate. And uh, why don't you give uh, people a little background of why I have hijacked the show and explained to them what Mansplain in March is. So, um, for anybody who hasn't caught last year's or even uh, so far this year's Mansplain March, Jesse and I, you know, per Vixen fashion, we're a little bit contrary. And, and so as females in the liberty, anarchy, you know, sort of arena, we're a little bit on our own. Um, so, you know, it's fairly often that we'd have um, conversations with other, other libertarian females and sort of seek them out and um, try and talk to them as I'm sure there's like three of them other than y'all <laughs> there's like three of them we've talked to all of them <laughs> um but hey no we try and go find out like find out other chicks that rock and uh you know have something to bring to the table that just you know aren't as mainstream I should say but so anyway we kind of got a little bit uh sick of the propaganda and the vomit inducing like crap about uh women's history month last year and after the 2020 year of the Karen, I was really not in the mood for <laughs> International Women's Month or Women's History Month or whatever. So Jesse and I decided that we would bring on only male guests and preferably ones that, you know, might have a good sense of humor and could sort of play, uh, play along this troll with us. So we had a bunch of colorful guests last year and Etienne is here to continue the tradition with us and I think he's got a lot of fiery things to say but I'd say that you know most everything that he's going to explain is something that um a lot of our listeners might know but you know I think it's important to have things mansplained from time to time well I'm happy to participate and uh for the audience members who, who uh, haven't seen me because I have been a guest before my name is Etienne de la Buissy. That is a uh, pen name. I'm the author of a book called Government, the biggest scam in history exposed, where I make the case that government was never intended to protect life, liberty, and property. It was always intended to rob and control populations. And that government, no matter how you do it, whether it's a coronation or whether it's a 
election or whether it's a constitutional Republican or whether it's communism, socialism, constitutional Republicanism, democracy, all governments are illegitimate because it's impossible to delegate rights that you don't have yourself to a representative or to a government. Uh, if you don't have the ability to make up rules for others and take people's money and give it away in charity, then, it, then you can't delegate a right you don't have yourself to a representative or to a government. You can't be bound by social contract that you didn't sign. And if, uh, if uh, Maddie and myself, because there's two of us and one of Jesse, can't vote that Jesse's got to give us all of her money, because there's two of us and one of them, well, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 500 million, there's no magical additional person that makes something that is inherently immoral and illogical now, moral and illogical, just because the mob wants to rob, uh, you know, Peter to pay Paul or lynch black folks, just because the mob outnumbers their victims doesn't make it moral and logical. And so government has been the biggest scam in history. And so the subtitle of the book is how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, the media, and academia. And the thesis is it's been the government and media and academia working together since, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years to give the population the, uh, the idea that it's legitimate that they get to be ruled and robbed by government, that it's legitimate that government has power over them, has something magical called authority, uh, because some people choose to participate in their rigged elections. Um, but uh, because it is organized crime and it is inherently illegitimate, government is essentially being used to rob and control populations. And uh, we're exposing how they do it in the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I guess how many, just so, um, could you mansplain for me, like, the history of your namesake, honestly? Like, so you're the squared, but who's the first? I really don't know. So the, the, original, the original Etienne de la Boise squared. Our original de la Boise was a French political philosopher. He wrote in the 16th century, and he was really one of the first that was that chronicled the little tools and tricks and techniques that rulers use, not just to get obedience, but to get fealty and adoration. And so he was a little bit like Machiavelli. Machiavelli was like, you know, hire me and I'll show you how to, you know, run and control your slaves. And Boetti was really... Uh, coming at it from the other angle, exposing that it's illegitimate and that the that they're running tricks on the population to, you know, endure, endure them to the population. And so uh, his book was called uh, The Discourse of Voluntary Servitude. And in the book, he, he argued that, you know, men are not so much enslaved as they enslave themselves. And once they are enslaved, they adapt, they adopt the, the habits and the customs of their enslavers and then begin to, you know, prounce proudly between, you know, you know, wearing their uniforms and displaying their, their harness like a, you know, like a, like a racehorse. And, uh, and uh, the, the book, uh, you know, written in the 1560s might as well have been written today because the techniques that he describes in the 1560s uh, at that time, they were th some of them were thousands of years old, 
But if you read the book today, uh, the rulers are still using the same playbook today to get the population to go along with having a ruling class and, uh, and getting tax farmed by uh, government. Amazing. Like, could you imagine being that awake in those times? I mean, it, maybe it's similar to, I don't know how awake <laughs> you certainly must feel after, you know, compiling such a book and all the research that went into it. But I mean, like, you know, even little old me, like, I feel like, unfortunately, in some, t in some ways, in some days, like, I feel like too awake, ignorance is bliss, right? Like, the enslavement is, uh, you know, probably a lot more comfortable than understanding that you are enslaved. Oh, it is, it is. So, so if you're a free thinker uh, in the age of the internet, uh, it's much more easy for you to be exposed to these ideas than it was in Poetti's time. And I think you're yeah. absolutely right in that, you know, he was, uh, you know, for him to be able to see through it uh, you know, from his vantage point without, you know, being able to stand on the shoulders of giants like Larkin Rose and, and uh -huh. uh, you know, Murray Rothbard and Ludwig von Mises and Henry Hazlitt and others. Uh, it was, it was, it was literally, he was probably the first voluntarist and he was probably the first person that made a principled, you know, case for individual liberty and for, you know, for freedom in that manner. Honestly, kind of like before I knew of you and your work, I honestly had never heard of him. So that's mm -hmm. a, a shame. And I think, you know, that alone is something that I think our listeners will benefit from. And I know I want to go read that book now. Um, speaking of like really old, um, awesome dead guys that I can't believe how awake they were at their time. Like, um, I love Bastiat. And fun fact, I share a birthday with him, so I feel like that's pretty badass. <laughs> um, but, you know, like his simple pamphlet, like what must have been a pamphlet uh, essay at the time, um, imagine that getting circulated around, you know, what, the 1600s um, in France. And him, like, his simple little essay woke me up so much um, just because things you know, like somewhere it feels wrong like what we're experiencing and living through now but you know when somebody distills it in such simple terms it, it i think it sticks with you forever so with bastiat that's one of the books that i give away and so the the three books that i give away the most are obviously government the biggest scam in history uh the one that i give away next after that is uh larkin rose's the most dangerous superstition uh, the one after that is Larkin Rose's um, What Anarchy Isn't, but the book that I give away the most after that is Bastiat's The Law. And mm -hmm. I give it to all, everybody that I know who has, I've got a lot of kids or I've got a lot of friends that have kids in law school. Mm -hmm. And so that's the book that I give away to future aspiring lawyers. The book is called The Law and it's got one of the best quotes and I've got the, I've actually got the quote, <clears throat> this quote in the book, but when plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men living together in society, they create for themselves in the course of time a legal system that authorizes it uh, by trying to, uh, you know, to mask it in the cloak of patriotism and mask it in the cloak, cloak of your duty and trick people into thinking that it's legitimate that they've 
and organized crimes, uh, you know, rigged elections. And that really is, uh, you know, that really is part of, you know, what, what the book is all about is that I'm, uh, I am um, uh, uh, exposing the little, the playbook that is used to take human beings and turn them into essentially tax cattle. And it starts with controlling the information that human beings receive from a very, very early age. And so the system is going to put you into a mandatory government school where they're going to teach you before you're old enough to evaluate the logic and the morality of the concept that you're not a free human being, but you're an American or an Israeli or a Canadian by virtue of where you were born. And by virtue of where you were born, you know you now owe 50% of your income in overt taxes, covert taxes, and inflation to an organized crime system that is running unethically manipulative, you know, let's call them cult indoctrination techniques. And they're using the exact same book as the Nazis, the exact same book as the Soviets, and, that, and the exact same book. Uh, you know, playbook as the East Germans and the first part of government, the biggest scam in history, breaks down what that playbook is. And then you can see laid out, you know, right on each page, it explains what the technique is. And then it shows what that technique looked like in Nazi Germany, the United States, the Soviet Union, and East Germany. And by the time you get through all 20 of the techniques, you're going, hey, wait a minute. I thought the United States was the good guys. Why are they running the exact same playbook as the Nazis, the Soviets, and the East Germans? And just the first 20 pages alone, I've woken people up. I'm just, just going through the first 20 pages, I've had people have life-changing experiences right in front of me when they got it. When it when you know when they when they get that information, it comes through visually, and they can see the repetition of the pattern themselves. They can see it with their own eyes. All of a sudden, you know, just something clicks. And so, really, that's the you know that's one of the other things I'm doing with the book is I'm using visualization. I'm using you know human beings are really really good pattern recognition machines, and when they see that historical pattern, it just clicks in them, and they're able to kind of come to that moment of insight that oh wait a minute. Uh, maybe there's something else going on here uh, beside, you know, besides what they taught me in the mandatory government school when I was young enough, not really to understand what they were telling. One of the things I have noticed since my kids have been in school is that in kindergarten, they already start teaching like history about like Martin Luther King and stuff like that, where I think that at that age, they really should be focusing more on reading and writing and doing math because their brains are not developed enough to really understand all those political, you know, nuances. And um, when I say that to other other people, they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm just thinking like kids, my daughter didn't know that people were racist until like my school, the school she went to started talking about racism. And not that it's a thing that I disagree with in teaching. I just think mm -hmm. that it's there's a, they spend a lot of time on teaching that rather than teaching her how to think first. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one of the problems that we're having with school is not it's just telling you what to think. It's not teaching you 
how to think. You nailed it, Jesse. You nailed it. And so, so there's a hidden curriculum in the government school system. I, you know, I break it down in the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History. Uh, but the hidden curriculum, there's kind of three parts of the curriculum. The first part of the curriculum is statism. And so we're going to teach you. So, so you know, as I break down the book, the scam of government is sliding the legitimacy of government to the population as a religion. And so we're not going to call it a religion because then people would, you know, they'd figure out what was going on. But, but the but the organized crime system uses all of the tools and the techniques of a unethically manipulative religion or a cult to slide the population, the belief and the legitimacy, the desirability and the necessity of having a government. And so right off the bat, the government school system is going to have you uh, do the, you know, you're going to go to the mandatory church school where the priest, the teacher is going to teach you all about the the presidents, the popes, and they're going to teach you about the holy documents of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and they're going to introduce you into the holy symbol of the flag, and you're going to do common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, and you're going to learn the hymns of the Star-Spangled Banner and the National Anthem, and when you get into middle school, they're going to take you to Washington, D.C., Mecca, uh, where they're mm-hmm. going to take you into the cathedral of the capital that looks like the Vatican for a reason. And they're going to oh, take man. you into the temples <laughs> along the Potomac. And they're going to show you the deities of, of uh, Jefferson and Lincoln. And it's going to be mm-hmm. very hushed. And it's going to be very, very, very reverent. And they're going to steer you into a government-affiliated youth program called Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, where they're going to reinforce Mm-hmm. The, you know, the uh, the legitimacy of the state with flag worship ceremonies, and they're going to put you into a uniform, single form conformity, and they're going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, give you a merit badge or a Cub Scout adventure route for vomiting back how to be a citizen, citizenship in the world, citizenship in the nation. Mm-hmm. What are your duties? Because you were born on this side or that side of an imaginary line. And they're going to begin indoctrinating you into this little pseudo religion, um, you know, before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of having a government at all. And so mm-hmm. before you're old enough to evaluate the logic and the morality, it's already been decided for you. You're an American. It's been decided for you. And so mm-hmm. uh, so that's really that statism is kind of the first uh, you know, the first hidden curriculum of the government school system. The second hidden curriculum of the government school system is obedience. And so they're going to be running a lot of unethically manipulative techniques on your kids to make sure that they don't stand up. And if they stand up, they're going to get hammered down. And so some of these unethically manipulative techniques that they use to get obedience is, you know, having to raise your hand to go to the bathroom, having to raise your hand to, uh, you know, to talk, uh, you know, having your locker search. So you have no, you know, we're going, you're, you're going to be in a right free zone that has absolutely no rights whatsoever to condition you into thinking that you don't have any rights and that your rights can be violated by a government employee at any, any time. So the government can search your stuff. They can search your locker. They can search your bags. 
They can do it without a warrant. Uh, they're going to have the police in the school. They're going to call them school resource officers. But really what it's doing is it's conditioning the kids into accepting the monopoly police as being legitimate. And so they're going to socialize the enforcement class with you. Uh, they're going to um, <clears throat> use techniques like red, yellow, green troublemaker boards. And so a troublemaker board is they've got a little tag for every single kids in class. And mm -hmm. then when the kid talks, uh, when a kid talks, they're going to take his name and they're going to move it from the green into the yellow. And then if he talks again, they move it into the red. And then he may have to go to the, you know, be publicly shamed further by going to the quiet table in the cafeteria. Uh, in my kid's school, they use, uh, they were using collective punishment. So uh, collective mm -hmm. punishment is when they, public, they punish all of the kids for the action of one. And by the way, that's illegal in the, under the Geneva Convention. So like if you're in a prisoner of war camp and one prisoner tries to escape, they're not allowed to punish everybody in the barracks for the actions of one prisoner. But guess what? They'll do it in the government school system because mm -hmm. they want to make sure that anybody that sticks their head up gets hammered down. And so, uh, so the way that they do it uh, in my kids' school is in the, in the lunchroom, they had a, uh, a red, yellow, green troublemaker like flip chart. It was like a little, you know, it was like cards on every single table. And then if one kid talked, the monitor would come along and flip the card over the yellow. And then if uh, the kid talked again, they'd flip it to red. And then everybody at the table gets punished. So pretty soon people learn not to, you know, not to buck the system. There's a number of other like little tools and tricks that they use. They like, like one thing that I find absolutely abhorrent is uh, active shooter drills. So we're going to traumatize your kid yeah. by scaring mm -hmm. the F out of them to try and get, think, get them to think guns are bad and that the, only the police can protect them. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and so they're, they're doing that. At the same time, to your point, they're not teaching them logic, grammar, and rhetoric. And so logic, grammar, and rhetoric is known as the trivium. And if you sent your kids to a $30,000, $40,000 a year, uh, you know, boarding school or, you know, college prep school, they would definitely be teaching your kids the trivium. Uh, mm -hmm. because that is really how you are able to evaluate information. Do you, so, so for those that are not familiar with trivium, you start by teaching somebody, you start by teaching uh, grammar. What is a word? A word is an idea picture and, and, you know, what, you know, and, and so understanding how to create sentences and then understanding how to, you know, uh, make an argument. And then once you learn grammar, then they move you on to logic. And then in logic, they're going to give your kid a firewall for his mind. And so like you wouldn't send, you wouldn't put your computer on the internet without a firewall. And so think of logic and the trivium as a, a firewall for the mind, where if you don't have a firewall, information just comes in and it really isn't, you know, it really isn't questioned. It really isn't, you know, evaluated, uh, especially with television. With television, you know, information comes in um, uh, you know, unfiltered by logic because you're, you know, you're, 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 you think you're participating in fiction. And so somebody can easily slip you ideas, uh, you know, through fiction. 
but if you don't have logic to be able to evaluate the logic of, uh, of a statement, is that true? How do you know if something is true? What is a logical fallacy? What is an appeal to authority? What is a, an ad yeah. hominem attack? What is a you know a band uh, you know a bandstand argument or you know or all of these different you know logical fallacies? Well, if you understand logic, then you have that firewall where you're able to say no, that's not true. But if they don't teach you logic, which the mandatory government schools are not doing, even though it's been, you know, historically been the uh, mark of an educated man to know the trivium, uh, if they taught you grammar, logic, and, and, and rhetoric, then you might be dangerous and they might not be able to fool you. So the government school just doesn't teach it to you. But I explain it all and government, the biggest scam in history, and I break down even more techniques. The final technique is debilitation. And so the debilitation is, you know, we're going to have um, fluoridated water in the water fountain. We're going to have GMO garbage food in the cafeteria. We're going to get your kid on Ritalin. We're going to force them to take uh, mercury, aluminum, graphene, oxide, lace you know, uh, laced uh, vaccines, we're going to force them to wear a mask or they're breathing their own excrement over a bunch of BS. So the government school is 100% designed to hurt your kids, dumb them up, turn them into tax slaves. Um, and I just, you know, as a warning, Jesse, I got to tell you, I like, I thought for sure I'd be able to, you know, like uh, talk some sense in my kids and explain how the system works. And what I learned is you just can't compete with 35 hours a week. You just mm -hmm. cannot. There's absolutely no way that you can compete with 35 hours a week. And so I know a lot of, you know, parents are in, you know, are kind of, you know, trapped into a system to where, uh, you know, the government's taking half their income and everything and they can't afford the education they want. But yeah. I would rather have my kids uneducated than educated by the state. The state is going to hurt them intellectually. It is going to hurt them morally. Uh, it is, it is just, just be aware that, uh, that you're never going to be able to repair the damage that is done by the government's education program. Yeah, I, I definitely can imagine that because I've noticed the difference between, I was raised in a private school most of my life. And uh, then I have friends that I grew up with that went to public school most of their life. And there's definitely a huge difference in how we've handled or just how we've just viewed the last couple of years even. So yeah, I agree with that. And the, when you mentioned the fluorinated water, I started thinking about some of, uh, some of my friends that I grew up with I remember one of them in particular always drank water out of the tap like her whole life. And she's one of the most Stepford wived people I've ever, <laughs> I've ever encountered. So um, I wonder if there's, I'm pretty sure there's something to do with that, but yeah. Yeah, I like to I like to refer to it as the fluoridated vaccinated government school television watching corporate food eating dumbed down public. And if you mm -hmm. don't understand that they're coming for you biologically, chemically, they're putting stuff into the water, they're putting stuff into the food supply, it's glyphosated weed, it's aspartame, it's BPA and BPS into the can linings, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, um, uh, it's, a ver it's a kind of wheat that is intolerant to the body, 
mm-hmm. uh, glyphosated wheat. They're now they're genetically modifying uh, food so that it's 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 been altered genetically. So it's going to be harmful for you um, if you don't mm-hmm. understand that this is going on. Um, then you know maybe you should get a copy of Government: The Biggest Scam in History Exposed. <laughs> So where was I? Uh, what I was saying is uh, you can get the book at government-scam.com and the book is backed up by a 32 gigabyte flash drive that we call the Liberator. Uh, and it's a little credit card size, the little USB prong swings open so you can, you know, you can keep it in your, in your wallet or in your purse. And then when you're over at somebody's house, this is how we're getting around the algorithmic censorship of the internet. This is how we're getting around the the monopolization of the media is we're taking all of the evidence of government illegitimacy and criminality and we're putting it on an uncensorable uh, credit card size flash drive where where you've got all of the information on the book, all the visualizations in the book, documentaries, short videos, uh, truth music from from Liberty Music's leading artists, twelve hundred plus dank Liberty memes, <laughs> uh, you name it. It's on. It's on this drive, and we're making it so that anybody that has a Liberator can copy it for their friends, and so there is no stopping the signal to hide the illegitimacy and criminality of it. And I think that's why they're trying to go through this lockdown stuff is that they understand that the illegitimacy and criminality of government is spreading. The knowledge of that is spreading through society very, 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 very rapidly. And so they're trying to shut that down right now. I don't think they're going to do it. I think that that, that, that we're going to win this in the end. There's just no way to stop the signal in the information age. I appreciate the positive outlook. I, I think we all yeah. need some of that optimism. And um, I think you're right. Like, I've been kind of thinking about it lately in a really, like, depressing fashion that, you know, things might go to absolute shit. And it could be somewhat soon. You know, it's not far away. I think, like, you know, there are all the signs of an empire collapsing and just absolute calamity. and. But what does give me hope is that, you know, I, you know, I might not make it, but I do think the remnants there, I do think like there's this grassroots community-based um, ability for people to, you know, find each other and find their way back to like what makes sense in the world and how to survive and, you know, rebuild society and, you know, hearkening back to Bastiat, you know, civilized man made law law didn't make civilized man and so you know it's there it's not something that like a government (laughs) created and you know we should thank them for it absolutely not like you've said time and time again all they've done is kind of corrupted like what was good and decent about people and it's really like stolen our ability to make decisions for ourselves make decisions for our kids even uh, like talking about the school stuff and I think, like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't a collapsitarian before, but I've mm-hmm. become a lot more 
you know, in line with the collapsitarian thinking because it's like, we've got to start over. It's like, you know, yeah. we kind of need the brush fire, like in an, eco, in, in an ecosystem, um, you know, the forest comes back that much more vibrant and thriving after it's kind of been burned to the ground. So you nailed it. <laughs> Jesse, do you want to throw in something there? No, I totally agree, though. That's I'm ready for a restart. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for a restart, too, but I think it could be ugly. And I, so I, I think Maddie is right in the sense. So I, I want to be clear that I do think that we're going to win this thing in the end. But because organized crime has been running the government and the economy, they have been uh, stealing the copper pipe out of the wall. They have been stealing the silverware. They've literally been stealing the silverware out of the, the White House. I don't know if you know about the yep. Clintons literally yep. got caught stealing the silverware out of the White oh, House. Such, wow, and so this is, what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you let organized crime run the government and the media. Mm. And so you've got the Pentagon that can't account for trillions of dollars. You've got Social Security that is actuarially uh, actuarially impossible. So, uh, uh, you know, using actuary science, there is no way that the kids of today that are being forced to put their money into this crooked Ponzi scheme retirement system are going to get their money back. Um, the government is facing somewhere between 75 and $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities, depending on who you ask. Unfunded liability is, you know, we're, we're, we're right now we're paying interest on $30 trillion, but that's only part of the government's problem. The government is also on the hook for between 75 and $200 trillion in unfunded liability. And unfunded liability is something like Medicare or Social Security. Uh, that government owes you Social Security. You paid into it, uh, but um, there is no Social Security lockbox. What there is, is there's a filing cabinet in West Virginia that when the Social Security program was running a surplus, they would print out, they would steal the money from the Social Security surplus, spend it on weapon systems that we didn't need for wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence. Mm -hmm. And the Social Security Administration would print up a bond, believe it or not, a bond, and uh, on a laser printer in West Virginia, and then they put it into this filing cabinet. And at least, you know, in the last time that I looked, which was almost a decade ago, there was over almost $3 trillion in IOUs in this filing cabinet in West Virginia. George Bush Jr. went to West Virginia. He posed in front of the filing cabinet as just to say, can you believe this? This is madness. Uh, knowing that it wasn't going to collapse on his watch, but knowing in the future that it was. And so, like, I like to uh, equate that, uh, that filing cabinet in West Virginia to the suitcase full of IOUs at the end of Dumb and Dumber, where, uh, you know, where the suitcase explodes and they're like, uh, don't lose that IOU. It's, uh, that's for a Lamborghini. And so, you know, the government has been, you know, stealing things. And so it's not going, this is probably not going to end well. So when the Ponzi scheme is up, uh, you know, you're, we're probably facing a dollar devaluation at the be in the best of times, perhaps a, a, a currency collapse because there's just no way of reinflating a currency 
that has lost its value to inflation. And so this may even be a controlled implosion of the American and the world economy to kind of mask the theft of trillions. So in the same way that like at the end of Die Hard, you know, they're going to blow up everything to mask the theft of, you know, them stealing everything out of the Nakatomi building. Uh, the, this organized crime system, I believe, is thinking about, uh, you know, just knocking all the chess pieces off the table uh, to see if they can, uh, you know, hold on to the, the, you know, the plant property and equipment that they've bought with their rapidly depreciating fiat paper tickets they call dollars that they create out of thin air using fractional reserve banking. And so that's been the scam. And, uh, and now uh, the dollar is long in the tooth. And so I'm not saying, I'm, I'm very, I'm very you know, hopeful that we're going to expose this thing. I'm very optimistic that we're going to expose this thing. But because they have stolen the value out of the dollar, because they have stolen the value out of the currency, it could be very, very bad uh, for people in the United States and in the world uh, because of, you know, uh, of letting organized crime run the government and the media for as long as they have. Isn't that sort of what the reset, the great reset is supposed to be sort of like just taking, like letting everything kind of fall apart and then we all have to be dependent on these psychopaths? fucking weird yeah so what I, what I think the what the world economic forum mm -hmm. is pushing and they're pushing something called the great reset and the world economic forum is one of the is one of organized crimes front organizations where they have a thing called the world economic forum Glo uh, young global leaders and uh, according to klaus schwab they've been penetrating the cabinets of you know quote unquote democracies with these young global leaders and then these young global leaders are the ones that are forcing uh the lockdowns the mask mandates the covid bs uh the unnecessary wars uh based on lies and manufactured intelligence and so there is an integrated criminal system operating through the world economic forum through the council on foreign relations through the trilateral commission through the bilderberg group through other front organizations and secret societies where they're working together and this greater reset could be the, the currency reset after the dollars assist them back onto central bank digital currencies ability to buy or sell with programmable money and if they think you're too uh, fat, well, then you might not be able to buy pizza anymore. And if they think that you're, you know, uh, that you're drinking too much alcohol, you might not be able to buy a beer or whatever it is. But that's the day. Uh, many people are speculating that what the great, the great reset is, is going is the bankers' plan to reboot the currency up on central bank digital currencies after the dollar collapses or after they implode the dollar. And that would be very, very bad for humanity, and that must be resisted at all costs. Well, isn't that kind of why they're saying, like, you will own nothing and be happy? They're promoting eating insects instead of meat and stuff like that, because 
Yeah, they've got a very nasty future in store for humanity if they're able, uh, uh, if they're able to, you know, to bait and switch the population into, uh, you know, central bank digital currencies, programmable money, uh, and um, you know, it's it's not going to be good for any of us. And so that's part of the reason why I do what I do is that we've got to expose it so that people understand you know, uh, the illegitimacy of government, the criminality of government, and, you know, what's going on on this planet with respect to the COVID, the vaccines, the greater reset, uh, you know, and, and now they're missing the population with the specter of a cyber attack. And so I think that what they're doing is they're getting ready to, to turn off the internet um, as this knowledge of how organized crime has been running things in the background begins to uh, to go viral, uh, they're planning on turning off the internet so that people don't understand what's going on. And I think that's part of, that's definitely part of the plan. Hmm. So all the more reason to have your, all that information backed up on something like the Liberator, like you mentioned. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so it's 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 kind of, you know it's it's coming fast and furious. So get ready, and remember where you heard it first. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you earlier, um, and so related to kind of what we were just talking about with the Great Reset, but like, so with your background and you know <clears throat> the years you've been looking at this and kind of figured out all the different connections and the webs that have been weaved, does anything else like? in particular about the current like Ukraine Russia thing jump out at you and like something that you might see that others even even in our sphere um might not see exactly the same way well what i would say is that in the book i make the case that russia is the manufactured enemy I don't really get into it that much, but I, I point out a couple of different books that I like to steer people to. One of the, one of the books is Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution by a gentleman by the name of Anthony Sutton. And Anthony Sutton was a scholar at the Hoover Institution. And the book, um, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, makes the case that Wall Street was behind the Bolshevik Revolution. And so you're saying, well, why would, why would Wall Street be behind communism when communism isn't in wall street's interest and you know what the case that i make in the book is that you know if you take a look at government as a tech not as something that was intended to protect your life liberty and property but something that was always intended to rob and control societies then um wall street creating communism is government 2.0 and so government 1.0 you know the people think they have a constitution the people think they have a bill of rights the people think they have the right to own guns well that's not in uh wall street's long-term interest once the population realizes how wall street has been robbing them through fractional reserve banking and others and so what I believe that, you know, the, the, you know, what happened in, in, in uh, Soviet Union with the creation of the Soviet Union is that they were testing out government 2.0. And in government 2.0, you don't have any private property mm. and you don't have mm -hmm. any 
you know, you don't have any right to own a gun and you don't have a bill of rights. And so, uh, so the United States has propped up the Soviet Union. Another book that Andy Sutton wrote was The Best Enemies Money Can Buy. And then in the book, in, in the book, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, he details the kind of history of uh, the, you know, the train carrying linen and, uh, you know, as it, as it made its way across Europe, it was a train, even though the, you know, the train is an obvious revolutionary, is that these intermediate governments along the route knew what was going on. In every case, the train was allowed to pass and, and and uh, and so the so the book uh, entitled "The Best Any Money Can Buy" details all of the support that was given to Russia and to the Soviet Union by the United States, by other Western countries, by bankers, through the Lend-Lease program and through programs after World War II, where we gave them billions. We gave Russia billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, to create. A legitimate enemy, so that we are so so that we have so that the so that the government has a boogeyman to to menace everybody with, so that the population cowers to the government from protection from the boogeyman, whether the boogeyman is you know the Soviet Union, the Cold War, duck and cover, whether the boogeyman is the COVID, whether the boogeyman is terrorists, uh, you know hijacking planes and crashing into buildings. The government creates the boogeyman to menace the population, so the population uh, begs the government for, uh, you know, uh, for protection from the boogeyman. And so, uh, so uh, the other, the, there's one other book that I recommend that also makes the case, and that's a book that you can get online for free called Major Jordan's Diaries. And Major Racy Jordan was a Lend-Lease officer in World War II working out of uh, a number of different, you know, U.S. air bases where they were flying uh, the planes that we were giving the Soviet Union. We were giving them planes. We were giving them weapons. We were giving them entire factories. Mm. And the guy that was in the last person to see everything right before it flew off to the Soviet Union was a major by the name of Racy Jordan. And uh, he kept diaries and tells the story of everything that the United States gave uh, the Soviet Union. There wouldn't be a Soviet Union if it wasn't for the United mm -hmm. States. Um, it isn't United States versus the Soviet Union. It's the people of the United States versus the government of the United States. It is the people of the Soviet Union versus the government of the Soviet Union. And um, uh, they're menacing our population with the specter of war, we're menacing their population with the specter of war. The whole thing is a distraction. The reason that they hit the distraction button is because it's impossible to, to cover up the deaths and the adverse events that are now associated with the vaccines that these governments all forced on the population. And by the way, that's another way that you know that this whole thing was illegitimate because every government on the planet was operating in lockstep. Mm -hmm. By the way, lockstep was the name of the Rockefeller Foundation program yep. uh, that outlines 
the COVID and exactly everything that the everything that 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 we've gone through was was outlined in a in a Rockefeller Foundation planning document called Lockstep mm -hmm. and that came out in 2010. But um, <clears throat> this is uh, you know this is this is a plan and uh, and. Um, uh, I can't believe they've gotten away with it so far, but uh, you know we're going to expose how the magician does the trick. And once you understand how the magician does the trick, you can't be fooled again. And so that's kind of what what I'm trying to do with government. The biggest scam in history is show you how the magician does the trick. Use visualization to make what was invisible now visible. So if you didn't understand that there's six companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries in the media to give you the idea that there's all these different information sources in the media, but all those hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries roll up to just six companies. If you didn't understand that that's going on, then I've got a visualization in the book that will bring you to that moment of insight like that. And then you're like, holy crap, there's six companies running hundreds of subsidiaries to give everybody the illusion that there's all these different information sources in society. Mm -hmm. And boom, you come to that insight because you saw it with your own eyes and you're going to have a richer understanding of how that system works. You're going to have a richer understanding of, of, of how the magician does the trick. And then once you understand how the magician does the trick, you can't be fooled by the trick anymore. I think the reason why so many people are fooled is because like we were just talking about, they have public school education and they don't know how to think critically and they don't know how to, see a lie when it's presented in front of them you know they just take things at face value nobody thinks to question anything uh well until they realize that there's a man behind the curtain in the media mm -hmm. and so that's one of the things that you know that that gives me kind of like hope is that you know really there's kind of two pillars once you understand that government is 100 percent completely illegitimate once you get it in your own mind that you yourself reverse the logic back and go, well, wait a minute, I can't delegate a right I don't have myself. I can't be bound by a social contract I didn't set, sign. And democracy, that doesn't make it. I don't want to be bound by democracy. Democracy is mob rule. Well, once you realize that for yourself, you realize there's nothing left but volunteerism. And so volunteerism is the only ism that is fair for everybody socialism communism constitutional republicanism democracy all of these have a ruling class that gets to use violence on everybody else in society and gets to make rules for everybody else in society and volunteerism is the only ism that's fair for everybody nobody gets the ring of power nobody gets to use violence on anybody else nobody has an exception for morality not even the government and that is and that is the you know that is really uh the good news message of the book volunteerism is we don't need government everything that government does could be done by real charity and by nonprofits mm -hmm. and mutual aid societies and the free market mm -hmm. and once you realize that we just don't need government and you realize it's been the biggest scam in history well, you're already halfway there. All you got to do is wake up five of your friends 
and have them wake up five friends and then we win and, uh, and society can flourish once we get the parasite of government off of our backs uh, you know, uh, then, then, uh, then the economy can flourish. The we can get rid of this crooked monetary system. Um, absent this crooked monetary system, your dollar should be buying more and more every single year as productivity improvements and as innovations reduce the costs of producing and distributing the luxuries and necessities of life. Mm -hmm. Your dollar should be buying more and more every year but it's buying less and less because they're stealing the value out of the dollar. Mm -hmm. Once we stop that, and once we replace the crooked monetary system, then all of a sudden, imagine how wealthy society would be if their dollar was buying more and more every year instead of less and less. That's the cost of government. That's the poverty of government. That's the enslavement of government. They can only keep it going as long as people don't understand how the magician does the trick, but once they understand how the magician does the trick, it's over. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to be the guy that exposes, widely exposes the illegitimacy of the government and the criminality of government because he put it in a picture book that makes it easy for people to understand, even if you've never been exposed to these concepts before. I've got the book. And it can take you from zero to 60 in the shortest amount of time, or even better, if you already know all this, I didn't write the book for you. I wrote the book so you could wake up your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues, because that's what we got to do. And it's got to be a picture book. It's got to be a physical book. It's got to be a picture book. It's got to, you know, use uh, these, uh, these learning techniques of visualization to bring people into, into insight quickly. But, uh, but that's my goal is I want to be the guy that, that exposes how the magician does the trick globally. Yep. Show that's a hard that job to do. <laughs> yeah. The There's a lot of people that are very resistant to this information, just not because it's um, not logical or not even, you know, or believable, but mostly I think people are, they, it's, it's scary to believe, to realize that you've been manipulated and lied to your whole life. And this whole like fairy tale of what America, how it was founded and what it was about, that's a hard one to let go of. A lot of these, a lot of people who call themselves patriots have a really hard time realizing that like Abraham Lincoln, for example, was not a good person and was not a good president. And that maybe it might be a sign of failure on your part if like you have a civil war <laughs> happening under your administration that but whatever. <laughs> that is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. I think you nailed it. So a lot, a lot of people, they are they're they're resistant to this information. For a number of reasons. It's hard to get a man to understand upon his not understanding. I'll go ahead and repeat that. It's hard to get a man to understand something when his salary depends upon his not understanding. Mm -hmm. And so one of the tricks that government has used is they've got everybody dependent on government. Mm -hmm. They've gotten the people in the military and the police. They've got them by the paycheck. 
And it's hard to get a police officer to admit the immorality of what he's doing using violence on peaceful people for politicians uh, because they've got him by the paycheck. Yep. And so that's one of one. The other one is, is nobody like, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They had me, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, they had me hook, line, sinker. I was a Cub Scout. I was a Boy Scout. I used to make them, when I would salute the flag, it's like, like a Boy Scout, I would make a muscle. I mean, it would, like, I would be like, you know, I mean, I was so into it. But somebody shamed on the shoulder giants. I was the same place everybody else was. If I can, if I can understand how the system works, then everybody else can understand how the system works. But nobody likes to be chumped, and that works two ways. It does make it a little bit harder to get it across to people. But once they figure out how the system works, we'll forget about it. They're telling all their friends. They're not going to get fooled again. They're not going. You know, like once you get it through you know, somebody of like how this, this works, they tend not to go back to wearing a costume or shaving their head or, you know, uh, <clears throat> supporting the system anymore. So it really is, it is a revolution that is only going in one direction. So once people abandon the mythology of statism, once people abandon these, these ideas that were forced upon them in the mandatory government school, and reinforced by this monopoly media system, you know, they very, very rarely go back to, you know, wearing a costume or shaving their head or doing anything else that would identify them as a chump. Mm -hmm. I think we saw that a lot with the vaccines too. I think a lot of people were very resistant to admit that the vaccines didn't work. They were possibly harmful and more deadly than the virus itself was. And uh, so, it took a long time for those people to finally admit that, you know, they're still going to get sick. They can still spread the, the virus, all these things, and that maybe they don't need to be encouraging people to continue to get jabbed. So before my computer decides that it's had enough and it shuts us down again, um, whether it's, you know, Mexican internet or my subpar computer space uh that's uh disrupting our conversation for the evening etienne as you chomp on those uh tacos of yours that look so good uh if people want to follow you <laughs> and your work or get in contact with you how would you suggest they do that so uh it is uh government-scam.com is okay. is the book my umbrella organization is the Art of Liberty Foundation, and I'm trying to start a uh, voluntarist think tank along the lines of a heritage or a Cato. And I want to, uh, I want from a, but, a, but, but as a pure principled voluntarist standpoint. So, kind of like a Cato or a heritage that comes at societal issues from the standpoint that all government is illegitimate and really, uh, you know, uh, begins. Um, pursuing justice and begins taking a look at government as organized crime and the open criminality of the government today. So studying 
be studying what's going on in Washington, D.C. as a criminal hijacking. Where are the trillions missing from the Pentagon? Where is the 90-something billion dollars that the post office supposedly lost in the past 15 years? Where is the the billions of dollars that are missing from housing and urban development? Where is the, you know, Amtrak claims it lost almost a billion dollars on food and beverage alone in a decade. Did they really lose, did Amtrak, did, I don't know if you've ever been on Amtrak train, but like, uh, they take a soda that costs 10 cents and they sell to you for 75 cents to a buck. They take the $1 microwavable ham and they sell it to you for eight bucks and food and then coming back with no money and they can't figure out what happened. It's just ridiculous. We're being robbed wholesale. Mm-hmm. Take a look. So whether it's the $14,000 toilet seats that the military is buying, whether it's the Pentagon's Bishop's Fund scandal, whether it's the Pentagon's Fat Leonard scandal, we're getting robbed. It's robbery. So anyway, that's the artofliberty.org. And then finally, we're trying to help the cops say no to politicians on lockdowns, mask mandates, and red flag laws through something called the Thick Red Line Project at thickredline.org. And with Thick Red Line, we're educating the police about natural law, and we're suggesting that they get together, draw a thick red line in the sand, and say no to politicians on any crime that doesn't have a victim. So if it's not a victim, it's not a real crime. And when the police are using violence on peaceful people and it's not a real crime, that makes the police the criminal. And so the, so the police don't want to be doing this. And so the strongest card that they have to play is to say no collectively supported by the community. And so what Thick Red Line does is we build community support for the police to say no to any law that does not have a victim. That puts the police on the right side of morality. That puts the police on the right side of history. That puts the police on the right side of karma. And then that would be checkmate, game over. We win against these criminals if the police say no. And so we're trying to get them to say no at thickredline.org. Yeah. Good deal. We ta- Good deal. We talked about that at some point last year with uh, uh, with some guy, some, some dude. Associate of yours. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks Bixens, for joining us for this uh mansplain hour thank you etienne for joining us and doing the mansplaining we'll drop a bunch of notes and links uh or i, I like i think there's a lot of good book recommendations too i try to take note of um so definitely it's going to be a well-researched well put together uh bundle of information that I think we all would benefit from. But again, it's not necessarily for us. It's to wake up the next person. And we need more awake around us. So thanks again, Etienne. Mm-hmm. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, you know where to find us. Feel free to contact us with any of our um, more commonly utilized apps and <laughs> accounts. And We'll catch you next time, but in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary.